God has a word for us this morning. Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us shift our minds. Let us prepare our hearts. Receive the statement as I make it. To those who love the Lord, called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. To those who love the Lord, called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. Father, as we center on you, as we, as we look to you, there are events that take place that we need to see it as you see it. There are events that has been captured in your scriptures. Holy men and women who are captured by the Holy Spirit and written about for our understanding. And so this morning... There's every time we really need to have our eyes open. It is right now. And so, Father, I pray for all those who are gathered here and those online as well. Perhaps those who are watching this because someone shared it. We pray, God, that you open their eyes and they can see events from your perspective. Let me encourage you, church, right now with your eyes closed, see. Mm. That to those who love God, called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. See it. Father, we thank you for silencing the enemy. Mm. Father, speak to the wind and the wave. Muzzle the wind and the wave. As we honor, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With your Bibles, please turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We are going to extract a principle from a text. And my assignment is not to violate biblical exegesis, which is to pull from the text and not to put in the text. And so I'm extracting a principle for life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul is writing and he's speaking to the Corinthians, telling them as he's making his way, letting them know about their body, the temple, their dwelling place. Revealing to them things that look one way, but have to see things another way. And in that, Paul gives an encouragement that I would like to give to you today for our title message is the power of vision, the power of vision. And so in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, if you're there, it reads from the English Standard Version, for we walk by faith, not by sight. If you're taking notes, again, the title is called The Power of Vision. Now, this word is not just a preaching series, but this word is setting us up for us to see the fulfillment of God's dreams and destiny for our lives. One of the great things about the Word of God is that it speaks to us. Amen. The Word of God is not like some favorite author that you have that you like to read their material. 
The word of God is living and breathing. The word of God is quick and powerful. How many have read the word of God and it cuts you? Mm-hmm. The surgery on your mind. Because if it lodges there, it will become cancerous in its corruption. And so the word of God penetrates. This morning, let me encourage you, allow the word to do its work. Will you allow the word of God to do its work? God knows if our leaders that govern this nation, leaders that govern uh, um, um, organizations and companies, families, if we allow the word to work, we would see to those that love God, all things work together for good. And so when God is doing a work of conviction, allow him to work. Why? Because at the end of it, you will see his compassion. You will see his compassion. We serve a compassionate God. We serve a compassionate God. For where would I be if it wasn't for the mercies of God? Where would you be if it wasn't for the mercy of God? And that's why real worship is not singing songs. Real worship is seeing Jesus high and lifted up. Real worship is getting a revelation of God. And it's nice to have songs accompany that. You see, because to walk by faith and not by sight requires you to understand worship. For you to understand the word. Those are two separate things. Those two are connected. And because worship and the word is connected, it influences our vision. It influences our vision. The statement that I'm going to make to you is the statement that we're going to be plowing through for the next few seconds. statement I heard probably two decades ago. It's a statement that has always stayed with me because in it speaks of the word potential. If any of you know me, if you've hung around with me, you know that don't share your dreams with me because once you do, it's out and I'm going to bite in like a pit bull. And I'm going to summon heaven, come on, to be at your disposal so you can fulfill the dreams and vision for your life. Why? Because the world needs you to see God and not just look at the world. And so the statement I'm making then is a statement that it says this. Eyes that look are common. Eyes that see are rare. John Oswald Sanders is who they ascribe this uh, quote to. But when you look at it, the first part, eyes that look are common, speaks of sight. Eyes that are rare speaks of vision. Speaks of vision. The last couple of Sundays, I have been doing my best to unpack how the eyes work. I admit that I'm not a professional eye doctor. But in reading and studying I can see the value, no pun intended, of how important it is for us to really understand the power of vision. The enemy is defeating us because we don't see properly. The enemy is defeating us because we're looking at things but not seeing God. Now maybe that sink in right there. Because to walk by faith and not by sight requires you then to understand how God works. And so when we take a look, we can see that you probably already know this, but I want to just remind you 
that your body, it has five senses that helps you and I do what? Experience the world around us. And so your five senses helps you to experience the world around you. These senses are touch, taste, hearing, smell, and sight. And isn't it interesting how COVID interrupted majority of those things, right? Couldn't touch anybody. Lost smell. All these things. Things that we needed. I remember when I lost my smell, I was like, oh my goodness, it felt so weird. But as we take a look at these five senses, um, um, what we have to understand is this, is that I believe the most important one and what most people think is the most important one is sight because it would be difficult to live without sight. Here's an interesting fun fact that you might find interesting. I did. Perhaps you may not, but I think it's worth mentioning as well. Because the area in the lens where light goes, which is your eyes, so the area in the lens of your eyes where light goes in is very small. Here's the key. Compared to the size of the object. I don't want you to miss this because this is going to Reveal something to you that I think is important to how to win, how to conquer, how to walk in victory. Let me not be presumptuous. How many of you actually want to walk in victory? Let me not assume that everybody wants to walk in victory. Actually, unfortunately, some people like being a victim. They get some attention. They like to be unhealthy. Some, unfortunately, because they listen to the lies of the enemy and they're sent by the enemy to infiltrate the body and to cause division and to cause sorts of things. We don't gather to gossip. We gather to glorify God. That's a great statement right there. And so the church ought to be the safest place. Why? Because we gather to give God glory, right? We don't gather to gossip. No, we gather to give God glory by declaring over your life, you are victorious. We gather not to gossip. We gather to give God glory to say you are the head and not the tail. Come on. Where else can you be in an environment where everybody is speaking over your life? You bring your marriage. It's a mess. But we look at it and we say, no, it's a message from God. Why? Because to those who love the Lord, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. So therefore, it's important that we understand that if you want victory, this is for you. And so it is saying that the area in the lens of your eyes where the light goes is very small compared to the size of the object. The light that contains the image, watch this, will create an upside down and flipped picture. So in the natural, when you look at things, what you're not realizing is the object is upside down. But the brain, come on. <laughs> causes it to be right side up. That's the power of God in his creation of your eyes. 
I'm going to take a praise break. I'm sorry. But when I read that, it amazes me how the brain and the eyes function together. And so I'm here to tell you that's how the Bible works. Come on, that when you look at things, come on, in the natural, it may look like it's flipped upside down. Your world may look like it's chaotic right now. When you look in the natural, things may look like there's more month than there is money. But I'm here to tell you, don't use your brain. Use the Bible. Use revelation and the word of God. Will say all things work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So I can see the picture. Come on, give God some praise and glory. He's flipping things. Come on, he's turning things around in your favor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The images that are captured in the retina. They're upside down, but he converts it, the information so you can perceive the world correctly. So if naturally, that's what the brain does. Spiritually, the Bible does the same thing. That's why you must become a student of the word of God. You see, please understand that God's kingdom is an upside down kingdom. It's contrary to the world system. And until we realize that everything that we're seeing that's taking place in wars and rumors of wars, it's designed by the enemy to make you look in the natural and become scared. Write this down. Become intimidated. That the object on the outside is greater than the God on the inside. It's by design. It's by design. I don't have time to go back into the first message. But that's why when they looked at the fruit, we don't know if it was an apple. It was a fruit, the Bible tells us. That they looked and they were scared that God had neglected to give them everything. And what they couldn't see was that God had given them everything that they needed. And there lies the battle that we are facing. So how do we function? How do we move about? How do we live in this world? How do we cope? In other words, how do we thrive? Great question. Let me answer for you. If you are striving to survive, you're going to get frustrated. Because things won't always look the way you want them to look. So if you're striving... To surviving, I want to let you know there's a better way. (laughs) There's a better way. That's why we pray for people to get healed. Come on, that's why we pray for people to experience the power of God. That's why we have encounter nights in Upper Sandusky. That's why we're having encounter nights, come on, in Marion. Why? Because we want to let you know there's a greater way to see things than what the television is showing you. And so part of that you have to understand is this. It's to thrive. Write this down. You need to abide. Right? So to thrive, if you want to be victorious, you have to abide in the word of God. And so what we're seeing here is that to find direction for your life, when someone says, how do you have direction for your life? You tell them, I don't look at things the way the world looks at things. I see things because I'm abiding in the one who shows me what I need to see. Because if I look at things from the world perspective, I can be deceived in finding or looking for direction. 
And so someone who's blind can hook up with me, and what will happen is the blind will lead the blind. Come on, somebody. And so we end up in a mess sometimes. Why? Because we didn't see. We looked, and it looked, and it was beautiful, and it all the glitter. Can I teach us like I feel it? Can, can I do that? The enemy takes Jesus. Satan is his name, in case you're wondering. Lucifer is his name, and he takes Jesus, and he shows him. He says, look at all the kingdoms of the world. To Jesus. Oh, I got to let that sink in, people. We're talking about the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the devil, Lucifer, Satan, showed Jesus the word. He says, look at all this. And that's what it does to our children. Come on. Come on. When they're at school and we don't see what's going on, they tell our children, look at all this. You want pleasure? It's all here. There's no pain. When have you ever seen a commercial that showed sin and it was painful? No. Nobody's going to pay millions of dollars for a commercial if it's going to show pain. And so we see all this pleasure stuff, and the enemy is still doing that. And he's continuing to say, look at what's going on. And what he wants us to become are people who are intimidated, and we are scared. Am I going to lose my kids? I remember I heard a testimony from uh, Jim Simbola. He pastors the Brooklyn uh, Tabernacle Church in, in New York. And when he moved to New York, and he was talking about a situation where his, his, his daughter lost her mind. And, and she was just living this life, and he was doing everything, and he was striving to survive, and he was doing everything. To finally, God says, give her to me. If you give her to me, I'll take care of her. He says, God, you have her. He turns his wife and says, I'm not going to go after her anymore. I'm not going to do anything anymore. God told me to give her to him. And they're at a prayer meeting. Note right there. They're at a prayer meeting. And someone who was at the prayer meeting says, I just feel that we've got to pray for your daughter. He said, I don't, want, I don't want this prayer to be about me. No, and he goes, no, I really feel the Lord wants me to pray about your daughter. And so they were praying and interceding, and the breakthrough came. Oh, my goodness. Because they were biding the word of God, and they were praying, the breakthrough came in. Listen, let me tell you something. There is certain deliverance that only is going to happen when Jesus invades that person's heart. No money, no promises, nothing can change that. Come on. There are certain addictions that only can be broken when God intervenes in the life and takes the addiction and the habit. Oh, come on. Don't miss that right there. See, when you're praying, pray, God, take the addiction away. But also pray, God, by your power, let them walk free of the habit. Mm. That's a good word right there. That's a good word because God's power can take away the addiction where they don't look at it the same way. But they need God to intervene and remove the habit so they see what's behind door number one. And so he gets home and he's shaving and all of a sudden um, his daughter comes home and his wife says, you'll never believe it. Our daughter's home. And he's like, what? And he runs downstairs, and she comes, and she sees him, and she says, Daddy. Daddy goes, what's up? She goes, Daddy, who was praying for me? I'm not sure of the day, so I'm just going to say, I believe it was on Thursday night. Who was praying for me on Thursday night? He goes, what do you mean? She goes, who was praying for me? Who was abiding in the word of God praying for me? Because all of a sudden, when I went to bed, I realized the sin I was doing. I realized the mistakes I was making. My eyes were open. 
And I saw the destruction of my behavior. Ooh. Come on, parents. That's why you got to find yourself an altar. And I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care if they told you to block their numbers. I don't care if they moved out of state. I'm here to tell you that when you abide in the word of God and you believe with other people, let's come and agree together that God said in his word. I don't know who I'm preaching this to this morning, but I keep hearing over and over again in my spirit to those who love God. Called according to his purpose. Come on. All things work together for good. Can you see it? Can you see it, my God? Eh? Don't look at it. Can you see it? I know they're cussing you out, but don't look at that. See the potential inside of them. Ooh, that is so good. My God, people. Who are scared coming to the house of God should not be intimidated. No, no, no. They should come. And the reason why we're intimidated is because we look so much like the culture. But when you join a group that doesn't look like the culture, you're terrified. And you're like, this is weird. No, the movement of the Holy Ghost should not be weird. It should be a wonder. It should be a natural thing. Come on. Speaking in tongues shouldn't freak you out. Speaking in tongues should cause to be like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. Ah, the devil doesn't know what you're saying. Saying, I'm speaking directly to God. He's talking to somebody, and I know I'm going to step on some toes here. But the culture has invaded the church. That we govern by culture and not by Christ. And if what we do goes against culture, come on. We're we're going to lower the standard and we're going to go with culture. We parent because of the culture. We make decisions because of the culture. It's the culture that's invading the church and we're looking and not seeing community. And not a Christ-driven community. And I'm here to tell you that's why we must welcome the Holy Spirit. Do you think I have it within me to be able to preach a word that can meet every single need in this building? God knows that can't happen without the Holy Spirit ministering to you. That's something I say the Holy Spirit gets a hold of that word. Come on. And drops in your spirit. And you like, ooh, that word was for me. And when you really, really are plugged in, you get a word for somebody else. Come on. And you launch out of here. And you tell them, let me tell you what I heard today at church. I heard that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and call according to your purpose. So I know your child is running crazy. But I heard from a bald-headed preacher who said if I abide and I will thrive in the word of God come on somebody Woo! God is so good God is so good see see there's something about the ability to see um, when we talk about a chameleon we're not talking about how they change their skin and blend in that's the problem we're blended in one of the things we have to see about a chameleon, which is really neat, is that it is an amazing thing that, as a reptile, it has the ability to look at two different objects simultaneously. It's there to protect itself. The chameleon, it does that. And so it's based on the fact that they're able to see two types of vision. Monocular and binocular vision. They have that. So they can see things the way that it is positioned. The anatomy of a chameleon, the way the eyes are positioned, is that it's able to see things this way and this way at the same time. It's the way it protects itself. And so sometimes we wish that we can have that ability, don't we? 
but I don't want to be a chameleon. Come on, somebody. What we want to look at is how then do we function and how do we get direction? And so the answer that really is the power of vision. How do you look at 360 degree? Excuse me. How do you look at 360 degrees? It's based on this. Write this down. It's based on the ability and the authority. It's based on the ability and the authority. So when Paul writes, we walk by faith and not by sight, what he's saying is this. Tap into both your ability and your authority. So eyes that look, that's your ability. That speaks of you being a human. It speaks that you can look, but here's a limitation in one direction at a time. So your ability is limited to only look at one direction at a time. But here is where the body of Christ comes in. We also have to recognize that we have eyes that see, and that's the authority. And the authority given to you with the power of vision, if you walk by faith, is this. Write this down. I posted this. I think it was a week ago. When you have eyes that see, you see God's vision of who he is. Park it right there. So the power of vision to walk by faith must first and foremost be, I see God for who he is. And when God gives a prophetic word, it is specific in my life. There are general revelations of God, but there are specific words of God that I hear. Sometimes it's through an audible, sometimes it's through a vision, but it, all must, it always must come from Scripture. Let me say that again. I want to slow down. Sometimes it could be audible where someone said, I heard the voice of God. And you're like, what? Are you hearing voices? No. You're hearing the Spirit of God that's speaking to your spirit. It's how God communicates. It's when God walked in the cool of the breeze. They said, we heard your voice. We heard your voice. That's the ability to hear God. Are you with me, somebody? Everybody has the ability to hear God's voice. But what sin did, it robbed us of our authority to respond to God's voice. And so we're only seeing in one direction ability. So objects on the outside world is communicated through our senses. So when God speaks, you say it doesn't make sense, so you ignore it. But I'm here to repeat what Greg talked about. It doesn't make sense until it makes sense. Come on. That's the definition of the power of vision. It doesn't make sense in the natural until it makes sense in the spiritual. And so therefore, when I don't have the ability, I tap into the authority. And that's called faith. Oh, this is so good. That's why there's no quit in you. That's why you can't be defeated. Come on. That's why you're above and not beneath. That's why when the enemy tries to sink you down into the water and to drown your faith, you are like a beach ball. You've got to come up. See, the enemy may put his hands on you, but he's got to take it off. Come on, somebody. And when he takes his hands off you, you pop right back up again because God is a good God. Is there anybody I'm preaching to this morning? My God, this thing is so good. Someone see, I can see clearly now. Ooh, hallelujah. And so we see God's vision of who he is. That's the authority. And his purpose for your life. So what is it? So when someone says to you, hey, take a look at this, you take a look at it, but you realize then if it violates what you see about God, you realize it's not purposeful for my life. That's a simple expression of discernment. 
So says, hey, take a look at this. When I see it, come on. If it doesn't match who God is, it is not purposeful for my life. That's all it is. It's purposeful for my life. Why? Because all things work together for good to those who love God, called according to his purpose. And also his plans for my life. Let me tell you something about who you are. Your ability to imagine is so powerful that God himself has to go down and confuse their voices. And so when we talk about vision, we always start with our fallen nature and we talk about getting a picture and we use our imagination. Well, psychology can do that as well. Doesn't mean it's God. New age can do that as well. And you can open up your soul to demonic things all because of your imagination. Stay with me. This is so important. Because there's things that we post, things that we look at that God is like, those things are full of deception. And so the plans for your life, because you're so powerful, this is for somebody right here. You can actually create your own destiny and call it God. (laughs) When someone walks up to me and tells me, here's what God told me, I'm like, I cannot change your mind then. When you don't come and say, hey, pastor, let's wrestle together. Let me see. Come on. Can you help me see what I'm looking at? Come on. No, no, no. When you come and say, this says God, I'm like, okay. There's no convincing you. Why? Because your imagination has taken over your soul. You're living from your soul realm. And your soul is your mind, your will, your intellect. And it's very important. But your soul is wounded. Your soul is damaged. You could be unhealthy in your soul trying to live a spiritual life. And that's where religion is birthed. Come on, somebody. That's where all sorts of corruption is birthed from that. A wounded soul trying to be spiritual. Mm -mm. No, no, no. You're unhealthy. The trauma that you looked at, oh, God, is how you're seeing the trauma because the enemy has messed with your imagination. And so God comes in now to change that. He says it's flipped upside down. Ooh. Your senses of observing the events of your life, of which God didn't offer, but he allowed it. Ooh, come on. Mm -hmm. All right. And so I'm scared. Why? Because if God authored it, I'm scared he will continue to allow it. As opposed to realizing, no, the devil had the nerve to pick on you. Come on, somebody. If you know, if you knew who you were, oh, my God, and what you contained, come on, somebody. If you really knew who you were and the God inside of you, when the enemy picks on you and God says, I allow it, oh, my goodness, it is to expose the devil. Come on, somebody. It is to make you understand that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The enemy works for God, people. You think it's God and Satan. Because sometimes in a trauma, that's what it looks like. And the enemy says, I'm going to keep them right there with their ability to see. Because if I block their authority, I can hold them in their ability. Wounded soul trying to be spiritual. 
And so the hard work is to get to the soul realm. Why? Because the imagination is so powerful that what they imagine, if we don't go and confuse their language, they'll build a tower that would reach the heavens. Don't underestimate who you are because the enemy doesn't. Don't underestimate who you are. Bible says that when you get on your knees, come on, the demons tremble. They tremble when you get on your knees. When you start to pray, her friend was talking. It was kind of neat. I almost want to try this, but it was like you, you go to purchase a vehicle, and you tell the guy, like, hey, I'm going to give you this for the vehicle. And, and, and if you're nice, I'll give you this price. But if you, if, you, if you try to negotiate with me, I may get on my knees and pray and get a lower price. Come on. <laughs> I'm only messing. Don't abuse the power. But I'm just simply saying that the power you have is that you have the ability, come on, to see things as they are. To see things as God sees them and not in the natural. So did you get that? So, so the ability then and the authority is this. The ability is eyes that look, but the authority is eyes that see. So see God's vision of who he is, his purpose for your life, and his plan he has for you. Now this is how you do life together. Doing life together is not interrupting your comfort zone. <laughs> it's to get you out of your comfort zone. <laughs> Your comfort zone is holding back you to see things that God has for you. He's going to get you out of your comfort zone. We're going to see in the text. He's going to get you out of your comfort zone. They were comfortable in Egypt. Slaves, but comfortable. (laughs) Moses comes to him and says, hey, I got a way out. Nope, nope, nope. We want to stay right here. We want to stay right here. And what I'm telling you is this, is that when you recognize who God is and you do life together, you welcome prophetic words in your life. Why? Because you know that I need counsel. I need for me to be able to see God for who he is. And so if you're going to do life with me, I want you to help me to see the God that you're seeing. Because that's what we call, ready, testimony service. We don't do that anymore. We start popcorn testimony. How many remember that? When we were Sunday night, it was testimony service. Testify, sister. Testify, brother. We were declaring, I know what you're looking at, but here's what I see. Here's what God is doing in my life. This is so good, church. So good. So why do we need this? Why do we need this? We're going we're gonna to park it here, and then I'll pick this up later. But here's why. Why do I need eyes that look? That's my ability to see. So in other words, with my eyes, I can see how far an object is. With your eyes, you'll be able to, if you're playing tennis and the ball comes, because of the ability of the eyes and vision, you're able to judge distance and you're able to know to hit it. That's all because of the function of the eye. So again, the light hitting an object and I'm here. And what happens is I know the distance of it. Why? Because I have the ability to see. Oh, that's so good. Right? Hand-eye coordination, right? It's the ability to do that. But the authority now comes in when I'm able then to see the invisible. To see that God is specific and that God is strategic and that God is sovereign. So when I look at these two things, what I want to get is this. Okay, God, so I know I have the ability. Thank you for that. And I now have the authority. Why do you give it? To me, why is it that I have these two things? Here's the reason. So we can go forward and we can go up. So we can go forward 
and we can go up. So we can go forward because here's the deal. The day you gave your heart to Jesus, you came out of Egypt, according to the Bible. You had an exodus. What happened was this. This is so good. This is so good. What happened was this, that a, a picture of Christ going to the cross was where on the 10th plague, he said now that I'm going to kill the firstborn. But if you take the Passover lamb or goat and you kill it, and you put it on the doorpost of your house, when the dead angel comes, doesn't look at it, when he sees it. No, no, no. Now, when he looks at it, when he sees it, he'll pass over it. And everyone in your house will be saved from death. Oh, come on. Ooh, let me park it right there for just a moment. Well, I get the sweat off my head. Listen. You're stuck at the Red Sea because you didn't realize how you got out of Egypt. And so you're camped at the Red Sea, lowering your standard because you didn't understand your salvation. And so when we declare the gospel correctly so people can see it, they'll say like the Ethiopian eunuch, see, there is water. What hinders me from being baptized? In the book of Acts, he read the book of Isaiah to him. And here's the Ethiopian on his way back. He's reading from the scrolls. Philip gets there. Philip explains to him the salvation message. And he said, stop the chariot. I can't go forward until I'm baptized. And so when we understand the gospel, we realize this, that the reason why we have the ability to see and the authority is because God wants us to go forward and go up. And so your salvation experience was this. He saw the blood come on the cross. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Can you picture with me that as they were taking the blood from the Passover and putting on the doorpost, other Egyptians, other people are saying, that looks stupid. (laughs) When you throw your hands up and start worshiping, your neighbor says, that looks ridiculous. When you're at home washing the dishes, come on, and you got to put the dishes away and do a thank you, thank you, Jesus. And your kid says, mom, you look ridiculous. They don't see what you see. They don't know where you've been. They don't know what you've come. I wish I had a church this morning. Ah, come on. Give God a hand of praise. Because when you look ridiculous, God sees your faithfulness. Hey. My God, it's time we get out of our comfort zone and start giving God a thank you, Jesus, a hallelujah. Pull your car over if you have to and give God some praise. Get out of your comfort zone. You came out of Egypt. Why? Because he saw the blood. We come for Easter. Actually, it's resurrection. Easter is the Roman name for We come to the resurrection, and it just becomes another service. No, baby, when he saw the blood, mm, he passed over you. It says death cannot contain you. No rival. And so we look at that, and we see that's what we need is that there's some here this morning 
as we have been given a vision of a promised land. I'm sorry, folks, but I saw it. When we first talked about it at the table right here with the council, I was looking at the community. And God rebuked me and said, you got to see it. When I drove up to it, I saw. You see, when I was driving around the community, I saw signs, objects that said dead end. And God says, do you see? Oh, come on. Mm. Don't just look at the sign. Do you see? Mm. Ooh. That's not my will that any should perish, that I want that community. I'm here to tell you, God wants that community, that God has assigned us. Come on, that we must see things as he sees it. In the midst of increase for growth, I can't believe it. I'm like, man, that bottle of water used to be, a, used to be 88 cents. Come on. I'm going to close my Bible because, you see, church, we have a grace opportunity in the midst of all the obstacle. Look at the price of gas. I was getting gas yesterday, and someone said, you know, it's going to be about four bucks. I'm like, oh, man, look at that. <laughs> and we want to remain faithful in our tithes and offering and giving, but things are going up. And we're going to be tempted to give up. We're trying to feed our kids price of grocery and we can we can unpack all that and drop it at somebody's feet but that's only if you're looking if you're looking for somebody to blame you will drop it at their feet but when you have the authority you speak come on and so you start a business come on somebody ah a kingdom business because while there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. Ooh. Come on, entrepreneurs and business owners. My God. You don't start a business because the climate looks good. You start a business because God told you to see it. Mm. That's for somebody right there. Somebody right there. Somebody right there. You've been looking too long at your situation. You've become comfortable in Egypt. You become comfortable with Egypt. Next week, we're going to look, not next week, um, the following week, we're going to look at what it means to be camped in a surrounding where you have nowhere to go. What do you do when you're encamped? See, you cannot get to a Red Sea crossing without coming out of Egypt first. And although they were delivered, they were not free. Their soul was wounded from all the taskmasters that afflicted them. Why do you think the strategic plan of the enemy was to set taskmasters everywhere they looked? Was for intimidation. Intimidation. And so to the church in Ukraine, I speak to them prophetically. God is with you. To the church, God is with you. Because eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. I'm telling you right now, don't 
stay in Egypt. Don't stay in Egypt. Striving to survive. Getting your own bricks. Come on. Because you had the nerve to say, I don't like how this looks. Where they stop. Egypt is an economic system. And what you're seeing with these increase of prices, I'm here to tell you right now that listen, follow the money. Come on, church. We look at wars and rumors of war, follow the money. See. See, I'm teaching this thing. I know I am. I know I am. I know the Father's favor is on me right now. I know. Not every Sunday I can say that, but this Sunday I can say it. This Sunday I can say it. There's an anointing right now that's being released. Get out of Egypt, saith God. Stop looking at what's around you and see God's promise for generations. If we don't get it right, if we don't understand these numbers, the 11-day, the 40-day, it'll be 400 years. A generation will die in the wilderness if we don't get this right. Don't be intimidated by the increase of gas prices. Stay faithful to God. Don't you give up. Don't you give up being generous. Don't you give up. Come on. Don't you give up. Say, I'm going to. As a matter of fact, devil, I'm going to give even more. Good God about it. In this room, there are entrepreneurs. We're going to have a Sunday. We're going to pray for business people. And we're going to pray that your eyes will open. You will see. Come on. And that you will have clients and with excellence. Because I promise you, when you go to companies now, it is pathetic. Because all people are looking around and they're seeing two years of nothing but constant bombardment of the enemy. I don't know about you, but there are people who are flat out exhausted from what they've been looking at. Church, get out of Egypt. Go forward so we can go up. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Let me first say thank you to those who are watching us online and thank you for those who are going to share this message. I pray my communication was clear, but most importantly, I pray that you heard God's voice. I'm here to tell you right now that what you're looking at is your ability. Thank God. He gave you your five senses so you can experience the world around you. But I'm here to tell you that eyes that see are rare. See your marriage whole. See your money multiplying. Come on. See that you're the head and not the tail. See your child coming home. Don't look at the optics. Look at the word of God. And be bold this morning to pick up that telephone or send a text or make a post that encourages somebody to say, keep your eyes on Jesus. Gaze at his wonderful Take this time. Let's not worship the Lord. 